Hi, my name is William Earnhardt, and I'm here to share with you the Trinity in the light of the cross. There is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a unity of three co-eternal persons. God is immortal, all-powerful, all-knowing, above all, and ever-present. He is infinite and beyond human comprehension, yet known through his self-revelation. He is forever worthy of worship, adoration, and service by the whole creation. See Deuteronomy 6.4, Matthew 28.19, 2 Corinthians 13.14, Ephesians 4.4-6, 1 Peter 1.2, 1 Timothy 1.17, and Revelation 14.7. God, the Eternal Father, is the Creator, Source, Sustainer, and Sovereign of all creation. He is just and holy, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The qualities and powers exhibited in the Son and the Holy Spirit are also revelations of the Father. See Genesis 1.1, Revelation 4.11, 1 Corinthians 15.28, John 3.16, 1 John 4.8, 1 Timothy 1.7, Exodus 34.6 and 7, and John 14.9. God, the Eternal Son, became our incarnate in Jesus Christ. Through Him, all things were created. The character of God is revealed. The salvation of humanity is accomplished and the world is judged. Forever truly God, he became also truly man, Jesus the Christ. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He lived and experienced temptation as a human being, but perfectly exemplified the righteousness and love of God. <laughs> By his miracles, he manifested God's power and was attested as God's promised Messiah. He suffered and died voluntarily on the cross for our sins in our place. He was raised from the dead, ascended to minister in the heavenly sanctuary in our behalf. He will come again in glory for the final deliverance of his people and the restoration of all things. See John 1, 1 through 3 and verse 14, Colossians 1, 15 through 19, John chapter 10 verse 30 and John 14 9 Romans 6 23 2nd Corinthians 5 17 God the eternal spirit was active with the father and the son in creation incarnation and redemption he inspired the writers of scripture he filled Christ's life with power he draws and convicts human beings, and those who respond, he renews and transforms into the image of God. Sent by the Father and the Son to be always with his children, he extends spiritual gifts to the church, empowers it to bear witness to Christ, and in harmony with the scriptures, leads into all truth. See Genesis 1, 1 and 2. 
Luke 1.35 and Luke 4.18, Acts 10.38, 2 Peter 1, 2 Corinthians 3.18, John 14, 16-18. Why is it so important to know the truth about the Trinity? Well, some people make this teaching more intense and complicated than it really is. Some wonder how the Father, Son, Holy Spirit can all be three different beings while just one God. It's really very simple. There is one Congress in the United States, yet it has 500 members. The Senator from Florida is a Congressman, while the Senator from Hawaii is also. Still, they make up one Congress or one ruling entity. So there is one God or one ruling entity made up of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 1 John 4, 8 tells us God is love. The Bible tells us love is being other-centered or opposed to being self-centered. If you think about it, there had to be a time in the universe when nothing else existed but God. I don't know how long ago it was or how long it lasted, but my reason tells me at one point in time there had to be nothing but God. If God had been only one being at that point in time, he could not have been love because love is being other-centered and he would have had only himself to be centered on. But God has always been three beings, each one centered upon the needs of the others. Therefore, God has always been love. The Trinity or Godhead is the first family of the universe. They are a model of what our families can be. Why is it important to understand the Trinity in light of the cross? Understanding the Trinity is crucial to understanding John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For years I just pictured Jesus coming to die for us and making all the sacrifices while the Father just stayed up in heaven and watched from a distance. Then in the mid-1990s I got a phone call from my mother. A young friend of ours had died while waiting on a heart transplant. My mother was crying, telling me she had lived a full life, so why couldn't she have just given her heart to our young friend? No way, I thought to myself, you're my mother. When I hung up the phone, I had a clearer view of John 3.16 and what happened at the cross. God the Father was not just watching from a distance as his son made all the sacrifices. It was actually God who was making the greater sacrifice. Many of us would rather suffer ourselves than see a family member suffer. Just like I would rather die myself than to have seen my mother give up her heart and die. Unless you understand the Trinity and that there was a father sacrificing not himself, but his son, you really can't understand the sacrifice that was made at the cross. For further study on the Trinity, let's take a look at Matthew 3, 16 through 17. We're going to see who was present at the baptism of Jesus. 
Matthew 3, 16 through 17 in the New Living Translation reads, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Matthew 3, 16 through 17. Here we see three distinct members of the Godhead. The Son, Jesus, coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and the voice of the Father from heaven. So here in this one scene of Jesus' baptism, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, meaning one in unity. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus cries out, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so here we see that Jesus, the Son of God, was his own person. He had a will at that point opposite of the Father. So his will had to surrender to the will of the Father. So here we see that the Father and the Son are two separate beings. In John 17, verses 9 through 10, Jesus says, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All all who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, and they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Okay, so uh, that's John 17, 9 through 10. So just like Jesus says a, a husband and wife, you know, a man and a woman become one flesh. They become one in spirit, one in unity. They don't actually share the exact same body. And so likewise, when Jesus says, I want the world to be united as we are, he means in spirit, in unity, in agreement. They're still three separate people, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but all agree together. They're all one in unity, just like there's one Congress in the United States, but it has 500 members. There is one Godhead in the universe, but it has three members, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each one always centered on the needs of the other. Therefore, this first family gives us a perfect picture of what our families may be through the grace of God. I hope this presentation has been helpful. If you have any more questions or want to study further, please contact me at racer 3 at gmail.com and you spell out the three so it's r-a-c-e-r-t-h-r-e-e at gmail.com i would love to hear from you and god bless you